0: If somebody has lots of vines planted in his vineyard, but he wants to plant even more, however, he's worried that if he plants too many vines in one area, then they'll be stealing nutrients from each other and the ground hasn't got enough nutrients for so many vines to grow properly. So one solution to this is to do a process known as havracha. Havrocha is when you take the tip of a vine which is already growing in the ground, and this can be done with other trees as well, not just the vine you would take the tip and you would bury it in the ground. So it's growing upwards, and you take the tip of it and you put it down into the ground. And then you have part of the length of the vine in the ground, and then you bring it back up again at another point in the vineyard. So now you've got a vine which comes out of the ground, goes back in and then out in a second place. And once it's grown a lot in the second place, then you can actually cut it from its original vine, and it can grow independently as a new vine with its own roots. And this solves the problem of the nutrients, because at least to begin with, the second half of the vine can gain nutrients both from the ground and from the original vine. Now the focus of our Mishnah is whether one is able to plant another species above the part of the vine which is totally underground. And this area is shown in the diagram for this Mishnah. And the issue at hand is not a question of planting a species too close to another species, because we're talking about when it's further than six to away from the roots. Certainly within 6 Tefachim from the roots, the roots of the original vine, it's forbidden to plant there. But if he sticks the tip of the vine into the ground further away than 6 Tefachim, then there's another issue, and that is grafting. Because if you plant another species on top of the vine which is in the ground, underneath the ground, then the roots of the other species can go down, travel down into the ground, and actually fuse with the vine, which of course would be forbidden as grafting, which is kilayim. With branches of other trees, they're much stronger, but because a vine is very soft, we need to be concerned that if you plant another species on top of the vine, then the roots of the other species will fuse and be grafted with the vine. So the Mishnah says, One who does this process of Havrocha, meaning he takes the tip of the vine and sticks it back into the ground, and then has the tip grow horizontally underneath the ground for a little bit, and then brings it back out of the ground. So if there isn't three tefochim of earth, Above that horizontal bit of the vine, then vizera Aleha, he cannot plant another seed on top of it, because it will lead to grafting, as we explained. over even if he did have through the shell of a gourd, or through some sort of pipe made out of earthenware. So even if the vine is going through this thing, we're still concerned that the roots of the other species will make a hole in this pipe or in the shell of the gourd. And it's not necessarily the shell of the gourd, it could be the gourd itself once it's dried. The point is he's using it as a pipe, but we're still concerned that the, the roots of the species which is being planted on top of the vine might make a hole in the pipe and still manage to be grafted with the vine in the pipe. However, if he made the vine go through rock, so rock is very hard, so we're not concerned that the roots of the other species will penetrate and make a hole in the rock, and therefore, even if there's only three finger widths, of earth above the vine, he is permitted to plant another species on top of it, because the roots are not going to break through the rock. The truth is there doesn't have to be any space above it, there could be even less than three finger widths. It's just that people wouldn't plant something if there's less than that amount of earth. But the point is, we're not concerned that the roots will make a hole in the in the rock, and therefore if the vine goes through the rock, there is no issue of kilayim. And now the Mishnah goes on to another case involving Havrocha, and that is Ha'akubo Shavagefen which literally means a knee of a vine, and it refers to a case where you did this process of Avrocha. So the vine came out of the ground, you put it back into the ground, and then a short distance later you brought it back out of the ground, but when it came out of the ground the second time, it didn't just go straight up, rather it bent down a little bit towards the ground. It didn't go back into the ground, but it went towards the ground, and then grew upwards. So it appears in some way that it's growing out of the ground further away than it actually is because it bends back down towards the ground and then goes back upwards. That's why it's called a knee, because of that shape. It goes down and then back up. So because it appears to be growing further along, as is shown in the diagram, the second diagram for this Mishnah, so in Modidilu, el men we only measure the 6 tefachim which have to be left in between there and another species, from the second root. Of course, it's not a second root, but it means from the second place where it goes upwards, because remember, it comes out of the ground, goes down and then back up. So you measure it from the second time it goes back up, because that's where it finally goes properly upwards. So it appears to be coming out of the ground over there, and therefore you can only plant species six far away from there, even though technically that is not where it comes out of the ground. As we know, the minimum number of vines which need to be planted together to be considered a vineyard is two rows of three vines, at least according to base Hillel. And so the truth is that five vines is enough, because the third row can just have one vine, as long as it's in the middle, but strictly speaking, two rows of three vines are necessary to be considered a vineyard. So the mission tells us that Hamavn Sholshke Fonim, and who performs the processes of Havrachol with three vines, so he put three vines which are standing next to each other in the ground, and then they grew horizontally a little bit in under the ground, and then he brought them back out of the ground, and, they're, and they're near him. the original vines are still visible, meaning that they didn't bury the entire vine into the ground, rather one of the branches of the vines, that's what they buried and did have racha with. So it emerges that you've got the three vines which were there originally, plus another three vines. So you've got two rows of three vines, so that it should therefore be considered a vineyard. And indeed, as we'll see in a moment, it is. And this is despite the fact that the three vines are connected to the other three vines. So even though they're not technically separate, since eventually they are cut and they appear to be separate, we view them as separate already, and therefore it's considered like a vineyard. Rabbi says, "If between the first row of three vines and the other row there are between four and eight amos, then how many star they join together to make a vineyard." But if not, meaning if there's less than four amas in between them, or if there's more than eight amas between them, then as we have seen before, in on its surface, they do not combine to make a vineyard, and this is going with the opinions which hold that if there are less than four amas in between each vineyard, each vine, that's not the usual way of planting and therefore it cannot be considered a vineyard, and if there's more than eight amos in between them again, when there are only two rows, that is the maximum distance which can be between them. Continues the mission, a vine which has dried up and has died. Now once the vine has died, it's permitted to plant another species next to it. However, it's very common for vines to dry up temporarily, or to at least appear as if they've dried up, if for example the leaves fall off, so it's common for vines to appear to be a bit dead. And therefore if somebody were to plant another species next to a dead vine, someone who's observing this might think that it's not actually dead, but it looks like it's dead, it's just dried up temporarily. And if they see you planting another species next to it, they'll think that it's permitted to plant another species even next to a vine which isn't dead. They'll think that even if the vine's leaves just fall off, even then it's permitted to plant another species next to it. But that's forbidden. So to prevent people thinking that, Asura, it's forbidden Midrabonon to plant another species right next to a dead vine, which has totally dried up. However, because it's only forbidden Majabon, it is not mekadesh, meaning it does not become forbidden in benefit if you do do it. That's what usually happens if you plant Kilehakerem, if you plant another species in a vineyard. But because it's only forbidden mid it would not become forbidden to benefit from it. Now, Abu Meir adds, Abu says, even cotton also is forbidden to plant near a vineyard, They're in but if you do do it, then it would not become forbidden and benefit. And the reason for this is because we learned earlier on in the Masechda that there's two different types of seeds, there's Yerek, Yorok, and Zeroyim. And Zeroyim are usually less significant, they often grow in the wild, and seeds which are in those categories can be planted in a vineyard. Now cotton is sort of on the borderline between a Yorok and Zeroyim. And the truth is, it is Zerayim. But because it's on the borderline, people might think that it's a yarok, and therefore it should be forbidden to plant in a vineyard. So it's forbidden Medjabonon to plant in a vineyard. But if you do do it, since it's only also Medjabonon, it would not become forbidden to benefit from it. Rabbi Lozbed Sodik, Omer, Rabbi Sodik says Mishmoy in the name of Rimeir, and he's now referring back to what we said in Mishnah Aleph. The one is not allowed to plant another species above a vine which has been put into the ground using the processes of Havracha, and the reason we explained before is because we're worried that they might become grafted with the vine below it. So the Mishnah says, according to Rabbi Lozbarat Tzaddik, in the name of Rabbi Meir, even when one plants another species on top of a vine, and that's referring to the case of Mishnah Aleph, also it's forbidden to do it, but if you do it, the Enum it does not become forbidden in benefit. And the reason for this is because grafting is forbidden amongst all plants. Even trees, it's not specific to a vineyard. And therefore, grafting does not come under the category of Clea Kerem. Rather, it comes under the, under the category of General Clea Climber of seeds of the field. And when it comes to Clea the thing does not become forbidden in benefit. That only applies to Clea So even if this was done in a vineyard, it's still under the category of Clea And therefore, it does not become forbidden to benefit from the vine and the species planted above it. While we're on the topic, the following are the other cases where it's forbidden to plant the thing because of Kelayim, but if you do it, it does not become forbidden to benefit. Number one, the remainder of the destroyed part of a vineyard, and this is referring to Korachas which we came across at the beginning of Perik Dalad, which is when the middle vines in a vineyard are destroyed, or they're removed. So we said that apart from leaving four Amos, from each side of the vineyard, there also has to be a significant field worth of the new species if you want to plant it there. So we said that altogether there has to be at least 16 amus in the middle. If let's say there are less than 16 amus, so as long as you don't plant within the four amus of the vineyard itself, even though you can't do it, so let's say you plant five amus away from the vineyards, even though you can't do that, if you do do it, it has not become forbidden to benefit from it. Because the only reason why you needed a field there in the first place, why you need a large area there in the middle, is so that it's clear that it's not kelayim. But halachically not actually kelayim, and therefore it would not become forbidden to benefit from it. Similarly, Meisar Mechol the remainder of Mechol which is in between a vineyard and a fence. And again, over there, we said that you need to have a significant area there so that other species is considered a distinct field. Once again, if you don't leave that distinct field, as long as it's further away than four amas from the vineyard, it has not become forbidden to benefit from it. Number three, Mosar piske oris. The remainder, meaning the extra part of the pisque oris, which is like Korachas akerem, just in the case of an oris, which is when the vines grow above the ground on poles and the like. So we said over there that you have to leave four amas from each side of the oris, and then you can plant in the middle. However, now we're going to see a second leniency of an oris over a kerem, and that is that whereas with regards to a vineyard, you have to plant more than four amis away from it, in order for it not to become forbidden to benefit from it. When it comes to an oris, as long as you plant six tathachem away from the oris, from either side of the oris, even if you plant within four amis of it, it does not become forbidden to benefit from it. Again, because an oris is not considered as significant of a vineyard as a regular kerem, as a regular vineyard. And therefore the four amateurs which you have to leave, are less strict, so even if you do plant within 4 Amos, it has not become forbidden to benefit from it, unless it's within six to of the Oris. Alright, and fourthly and finally, Mosa Apithioris, the remaining part of the structure where the Oris grows on, if you recall we mentioned in the previous Perek, that in an Oris, the vines would usually grow onto poles, and then onto beams which were sort of like a roof, and we said that if you drape a vine onto even part of this structure, then it becomes forbidden to plant under the entire structure because it's all designated for the vine, but as we said over there, if you do plant underneath the rest of it, since the vine is not there right now, it would not become forbidden to benefit from it, unless you leave it until the vine actually grows above it and then it would become forbidden. Okay, now the Mishnah is going to list a couple of things which do become or it does become forbidden to benefit from them, and when something does become forbidden to benefit from it, you need to burn it. So the mission says but directly underneath a vine, even if it's further than six to or four amas from the roots, if you plant directly beneath a vine, then it becomes forbidden to benefit from it, if you plant within the work area, within the six to of a vine, or the Amas within four amas of a vineyard, so in those cases, Harailu they are Mekades, they do become forbidden to benefit from it. Because that's proper Kelayan. Mr. Dalet, so one of the things on the list in the previous Mishnah which does become forbidden to benefit from, is if there's another species planted directly underneath a vine. And the question of our Mishnah is When he makes his vine grow such that it covers over his friend's grain. So he plants his vine above his friend's grain. So had he done that in his own field, certainly it would all become forbidden, and he'd have to burn it all, both the vine and the other species, the grain. The question is, what about in this situation where the grain doesn't belong to him? So according to the Hanukama, it makes no difference. Haizek Kadesh, he has made it forbidden in benefit, both the vine and the grain. But he is obligated to replace it, because he of course caused his neighbor to lose out. So he's going to have to burn his neighbor's grain and then compensate him for that. However, interestingly, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Shimon say, one cannot make something which does not belong to him forbidden in benefit. And the reason for Reb and Ubi Shimon is that the Torah says this Sizra karmacha You cannot plant your vineyard with Kilayim, which implies that Kilayim only applies if it's done in your own vineyard, but not only if it involves somebody else's produce. However, according to the Tanakama, there are other Pesukim which talk about Kilayim which don't say karmacha. For example, the Torah says it was HaKerem the grain of a vineyard, which implies that it does not have to be your vineyard in order to become forbidden, and therefore according to the Tadanakama, even if it involves somebody else's property, somebody else's produce, it would still become forbidden for kilayim, but of course you would have to compensate him like the mission told us. There's a fascinating discussion in the Yerushalmi, according to Rabbi Yose and Rabbi Shimon, who say that the other person's grain does not become forbidden, well what about this person's vine? So that's his own. But if the grain doesn't become kilayim, then can the vine become kilayim by itself? So that is a dispute in the Urshalmi.